0: Good coffee, everybody. Boy, I had a little frog in my throat. (laughs) I guess when I said that, that was actually the first time I spoke this morning. Hey, (laughs) let me start over. Good morning and good coffee, everybody. Hey, it's time for some morning coffee with Larry, and I am glad that you are here joining with me today. It is the 28th. 8th of december we're almost done with the year monday and it is vacation week for me so i'm excited even though i woke up early and uh, tried reading to fall back asleep i just wasn't able to do it so let's get up and uh uh, do some podcast time. So welcome. And I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. We had a very good Christmas here. It was a nice quiet one. Um, it was different. It was different. Um, uh, we had, uh, uh, my, uh, my oldest three kids were over, but my younger two, uh, were not able to make it. Uh, Aaron being, uh, out of state and, uh, Jess being at her mom's, uh, for the holiday. Uh, but we had, we had a pretty nice quiet time putting together puzzles, watching a little TV, uh, stayed in pajamas all day long, except when we had to go out to feed the animals. Uh, so it's, it's been kind of a nice relaxing, uh, Friday for Christmas and then it was uh it was very nice very nice weekend uh got to uh to help Jess move uh some more of her items from her college apartment uh to her uh new apartment that's uh uh where she's going to be working for the time and uh so it was it was good also uh spent time over The weekend, uh, my wife and I worked on cleaning up the office. Yes, my desk had become a clutter mess of things that needed filed, put away. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you have one of these rooms like we were using the office for, but we needed to clear space... uh, because we were having people over for Christmas uh, the the weekend before. And so stuff got shoved into the office. And it's actually been that way for a little bit. And we still have a little bit... Uh, on the floor here, in in a couple of boxes, there's one that has what looks like a million wires and stuff sticking out of it, and there's power supplies and stuff. But otherwise, our desks, uh, we we've got a, a homemade desk here that's made out of a boost butcher block uh, sheet. And so uh, the main part, I think, how long was this thing when we bought it? I think it may have been ten foot long, and we cut a piece. Uh, out of it uh, to kind of make uh, makes uh, a T between her side of the desk and my side of the desk, and it looks good. It looks good. I, now I just have to maintain it this way. <laughs> well, I need to. Uh, I'm just kind of wondering: uh, Did Santa get you what you wanted for Christmas? Uh, I, I I feel like uh, I did pretty good. Uh, one thing I got that was total surprise wasn't anticipating it but uh my wife got me a kindle fire uh the uh the 10 version so i guess it's like 10.1 inches long uh i've been wanting something as an e-reader i used to have or I no i don't know it may even be pitched i had a nook um through barnes and noble uh but they uh uh, it was it was more like a low quality. Well, I guess it was high quality at the time, but it's it was a tablet. The battery did not last very long in it. Uh, it had a lot of limitations, and I haven't used it for quite a while. So, hmm, pardon me. Uh, she got me a um, a Kindle Fire, and it is definitely larger than my phone. I know I will not be able to put this in my pocket, but I was wanting something that I could uh, do some ebooks on, do some reading, and and so uh, so I I got this and I started reading the I I had a uh, opportunity to pick up a free book and it's by Ken Stanfield. Those of you who are fans of Chicken Noodle Soup for the Soul series of books, he's the fellow who started them, and is kind of like the ultimate editor of all of them. Uh, and this was actually one of his books that I started reading, and I'm really liking it because it really fits in to a lot of what I do in therapy, and it's uh, uh and things that I've talked about here on the podcast. It's called the Success Principle. And it's actually the 10th anniversary edition. And so I have been just highlighting like crazy in it. And what's kind of neat, um, and I don't know if other tablets have this or if this is just a Kindle kind of thing when you're downloading their books. Uh, but it, it there was some uh, dotted lines, faint dotted lines, underneath certain sentences, and, of course, I had to make that larger so I could actually see what it was. Um, but it, uh, this particular one, it's, it's when somebody highlights a quote out of a, one of the books that they like. They keep track of how many people highlight that same passage. And so, like this one here, it says, If you want to be successful... You have to take 100% responsibility for everything you experience in your life, and this has been highlighted 3,422 times. That's kind of wild that 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 sentence has been uh, highlighted that much by the different readers. So uh, this has been fun. I've been I've been enjoying this. I've also picked up a couple of other free books. Uh, and done a little bit of reading in them. I picked up one that is um, I'm assuming the, uh, the first uh, uh, Boy Scout book that Baden Powell wrote um, for Scouts. And it, it doesn't it's not quite the, the handbook that, that the Scouts have today by any means. But it was as he was starting the movement. And it's uh, it's interesting. He's he the part I've read. He's he's laying out the foundation of what uh, scouting means to him, both in the literal military sense, using some military examples, and then uh, you know that there's a difference between war scouts and peace scouts. And so it's been fun. It's been fun reading on that. But I thought I would just share with you maybe a little bit this week regarding uh, what I've got here in in uh, uh, Jack. Can- what did I say, Kent? Jack, Jack Camp? Canfield. Who Who is the author of this book? <laughs> Jack Canfield. I feel like I said his name wrong, but anyway. This is from the first chapter, and I want to read a little bit and just talk a a little bit about it, because I'm loving it. I've been reading this to my wife, and I shared some quotes with some other family members. And it starts off, chapter one, hold on a second, let me get some of my tea. Hmm. It starts off with, uh, the first chapter is principle one. And there's a quote by Jim Rohn, America's foremost business philosopher. You must take personal responsibility. You cannot change the circumstances, the seasons, or the wind, but you can change yourself. One of the most pervasive myths in American culture today is that we are entitled to a great life. That somehow, somewhere, someone, certainly not us, is responsible for filling our lives with continual happiness, exciting career options, nurturing family time, and blissful personal relationships, simply because we exist. But the real truth, and the one lesson this whole book is based on, is that there is only one person responsible for the quality of the life you live. That person is you. Let me pause for a second. That, those two paragraphs are so true. Um, It's one of the fundamental differences that I see between past generations and the more recent generation is this idea of entitlement. However, I'm just saying it, I'm just picking, I guess you could say, on the most recent generation because it seems to be occurring in a much larger percentage among them. But there have been people that have subscribed to that view that I'm entitled for a long, long time. And... You could say that that idol, that idea of entitlement uh, creates a sense of elitism. And you can divide really, I would say the uh, this concept or the people who subscribe to elitism into two groups. One group are the people that are at the top, of political structures and they like the view and so they like to stay because they have this sense of you know i deserve this i'm entitled to this and then you have others that are really at the opposite end and they take a uh, uh, a much more passive approach to improving their lives it always needs to be somebody else's fault. And that uh, so and that they're entitled just because they breathe air, according to Dave Ramsey, I breathe air, so I deserve this. And And these two extremes are not able to be sustained except by people who do recognize, that they are the ones that they themselves need to do the different things to make their life successful. Let me get back to the book. If you want to be successful, you have to take 100% responsibility for everything that you experience in your life. This includes the level of your achievements, the results you produce, the quality of your relationships, the state of your health and physical fitness, your income, your debts, your feelings, everything. This is not easy. In fact, most of us have been conditioned to blame something outside of ourselves for the parts of our lives we don't like. We blame our parents, our bosses, our friends, our co-workers, our spouse, the weather, the economy, the government, our astrological chart, our lack of money, anyone or anything we can pin the blame on. We never want to look at where the real problem is, ourselves. There is a wonderful story about a man who is out walking one night and comes upon another man down on his knees looking for something under a street lamp. The passerby inquires as to what the other man is looking for. He answers that he is looking for his lost key. The passerby offers to help and gets down on his knees and helps him search for the key. After an hour of fruitless searching, he says, We've looked everywhere for it and we haven't found it. Are you sure that you lost it here? The other man replies, No, I lost it in my house, but there's more light out here under the street lamp. (laughs) It is time to stop looking outside yourself for the answer to why you have not created the life and the results you want. For it is you who creates the quality of your life you lead and the results you produce. You, no one else. To achieve major success in life, to achieve those things that are important to you, You must assume 100% responsibility for your life. Nothing less will do. So what do you think of that? What do you think of that? Some of you may be cheering and saying, yes, that's true. Others of you may be saying, well, but what about this example? What about that example? How can this be? How can that be? Well, This is a start. and Maybe what we need to do is kind of continue this through the week to see how this really does apply and how it's more about your attitude to create positive change so you're not stuck in ways that you don't like being stuck. All right. Well, this will be the end of part one. Hold on for just a moment, and we'll start part two with our morning devotional. All right, well, let's get into our morning devotional, and this is from the book Jesus Calling, Enjoying Peace in His Presence by Sarah Young. If you're following along at home, we are on March 2nd, and this is written from the perspective as if Jesus was talking. I am the resurrection and the life. All lasting life emanates from me. People search for life in many wrong ways, chasing after fleeting pleasures, accumulating possessions and wealth, trying to deny the inevitable effects of aging. Meanwhile, I freely offer abundant life to everyone who turns towards me. As you come to me and take my yoke upon you, I fill you with my very life. This is how I chose to live in the world and accomplish my purposes. This is how I bless you with joy unspeakable and full of glory. The joy is mine and the glory is mine. But I bestow them on you as you live in my presence, inviting me to live fully in you. I am the resurrection and the life. This is something that Jesus proclaimed. He makes it as a statement. He did so as he spoke to those of those who were living with him and those of us today. The idea that when we die we're just done, we're just turned to dust there's nothing more the you know in essence the the atheist view no that's that's not what's real jesus makes it clear i am the resurrection and the life the resurrection that even though we die even though these physical bodies will die they will decay they are mortal they are part of this sinful world Jesus is the resurrection, and he is the life. He is the source of life. The first line here continues on. I am the resurrection, the life. All lasting life emanates from me. Yeah, without him, there is no lasting life. There's only this temporary side here in the world. It's passing. It's decaying. But all lasting life emanates from him. People search for life in many wrong ways. Chasing after fleeting pleasures. Accumulating possessions and wealth. Trying to deny the inevitable effects of aging. You know, we do. We do those things. Some do it more so than others some are very preoccupied with it chasing after fleeting pleasures yeah there's there's lots of things that can give us pleasure some people find pleasure in eating and and you watch these these different shows during the pandemic you know that's on netflix you know of all these baking shows or other competitions, and you know it makes your mouth water. Not to say there is something wrong with that, but you know if we are, if we are searching um, for life, not just physical life of breathing, but the life and excitement of living in food. Well. That isn't going to work out very well in the end. Well, what about drinking? Yeah, not not necessarily the good good idea there to seek life in that. Are there enjoyable beverages? Yes. I love Coca-Cola. But when we drink too much, what happens? What happens if you are middle-aged or older and you drink too much? Cola. Yeah, it's this thing called type two diabetes. It can sneak up and bite you in the butt. What about what about gambling and the excitement of that? Win or lose? <clears throat> no, nope. That doesn't that doesn't give that fulfillment with searching for life. What about accumulating possessions? He who has the most toys wins. <laughs> nope. Veggie Tales even addressed that with uh, Madame Blueberry uh, in, with that episode. <clears throat> she always she thought buying more and more stuff. What was that place called? The Stuff Mart. <clears throat> buying more and more stuff would give her happiness and pleasure, and it didn't. And it wasn't until she saw this poor family that had pleasure and joy. As she realized she was definitely going the wrong way trying to deny the inevitable effects of aging i remember about 10 years ago my family tried talking me into uh coloring my hair because the gray was really starting to come in and i did i looked at the different things thought about them and i think the thing that really scared me on it was I, I read the label for Grecian formula you know that's a that's the stuff that I remember as a kid you know hey this takes the gray out you just work this into your hair and it gradually increases you know the darkness by getting rid of the gray. The thing that scared me I don't know if any of you have looked at it but it's uh it's got a warning that if you, you if you touch or play around with your hair, you got to immediately wash your hands. Because there's stuff in it that will get absorbed into your skin and hurt you. I read the label. I couldn't believe it. It was unreal. Have you seen the pictures of people who have done facelifts to try to look younger? And they look horrible? It's like they've ruined their face. Yeah, these are all things that we will try to, uh, to do to find joy in life, but it doesn't work that way. Let's get back to the reading. Meanwhile, I freely offer abundant life to everyone who turns towards me. We've heard that before in previous um, devotions. As you come to me and take my yoke upon you, I fill you with my very life. See, when we align ourselves with him, when we take upon his yoke, when we do those things, this is how he lives his life through us. We experience a different way of living life. We experience it differently. I fill you with my very life. This is how I choose to live in the world and accomplish my purposes. It's something very, very unique. The idea that the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, dwells in believers, lives in believers. God wants to live in us. Part of the jewel of his creation, he wants to be a part of. That's how we were created, how we were designed. This is how I choose to live in the world and accomplish my purposes. It is also how I bless you with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Wow, joy so incredible you can't even describe it. And full of glory. The joy is mine and the glory is mine. But I bestow them on you as you live in my presence, inviting me to live fully in you. Imagine you go into a royal court and you see the king sitting there. And you're seeing him in all the splendor, you know, on the throne and golden things around, you know, just kind of imagine. Uh, wearing, you know, the the king's robe, you know, with the the fur collar, you know. Just think about the movies. And then that king stands up, beckons you to come to him, and meet you, and takes off the golden ring and puts it on your finger, and takes off the king's coat and puts it around you. Yeah, how amazing that would be. How amazing would that be? Well, that's, that's the mental image I get here. This is how I bless you with joy unspeakable and full of glory. The joy is mine, the glory is mine, but I bestow them on you as you live in my presence, inviting me to live fully in you. Yeah, it's like that king in my story. It's it's his robe. It's his ring. But he's placing it on you. Why? You're inviting him. You're inviting him. Saying, hey, I want to, can I live in your presence? You live in me. When we live in his presence. We experience stuff that others don't, that others, you know, can't achieve on their own. I like this one. I I, I say that pretty well for all of them, don't I? Yeah, that last part. This, uh, let's see. Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. I freely offer abundant life to everyone who turns towards me. As you come to me and take my yoke upon you, I fill you with my very life. This is how I choose to live in the world and accomplish my purposes. This is how I bless you with joy unspeakable and full of glory. The joy is mine. The glory is mine. But I bestow them on you as you live in my presence inviting me to live fully in you. Let's take a look at our scripture verses for today. The first is from John chapter 11. And this is when, uh, this is shortly before Jesus's uh, death and resurrection. He had uh, worded being sent to Jesus that his dear friend Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha was very ill and they needed him there quickly to heal him. But Jesus took his time because he wasn't to be healed the way they wanted. That was not God's plan. That's what the people wanted. That's what they were asking for. That was not God's plan. And so by the time Jesus arrived there, Lazarus had already died. He had been in the tomb for four days. And so the, uh, the lead into this, Martha says to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, and here's verse 25. And then uh, 26, I'll continue also. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And uh, she says, yes. And uh, he says, take me where you laid him. And he calls out and he raises Lazarus from the dead after he'd been dead and in the tomb four days. He is the resurrection. He is the life. Matthew 11, verses 28 and 29. We've read this one before. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Yeah. How many of you are weary and burdened from the year 2020? Yeah. A lot of people have despair. And I guess maybe that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this devotional. Wanted to do this devotional because we are weary and we need his help. We need his yoke as we face what's we've been through and what's coming ahead. The third is from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. And here Peter is talking about Jesus. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So, in our devotional, where it said, "This is also how I bless you with joy unspeakable and full of glory," this is this is what Paul or Peter said. What he was talking about: uh, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. For you're receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Yes, faith is about spending eternity in heaven. But faith doesn't have to wait until then to see the results. The faith that you are building every day, gives you the peace of his presence now, not just when you die. All right, that's it for today. Hope this was good. Welcome to the new week, the last week of 2020. We'll catch you tomorrow. Bye-bye.